Hey everybody, welcome back to the Active Dads Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel. With me as always is my other host, John. Where? Pretty good. Oh. Hey. Alright, so today we wanted to talk about functional training. Right, and you know, I know functional training's kind of got a bad rap over the past couple of years due to many factors, you know, I mean... <clears throat> You got some issues going on with CrossFit. You got issues going on with people who really just try to make exercises like standard exercises way overcomplicated and run with it because it's like edgy and new and, you know, they do it for the gram, you know, (laughs) like you see people doing barbell back squats on BOSU balls and just all kind of crazy stuff, you know, stuff that you really have zero need to do. Oh, yeah, unless so, you just want to hurt yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so there's some of that, too, right? Like, I do a lot of dumb stuff for fun. Me, too. You know, I do a lot of crazy exercises with kettlebells and various tools like that. But that's not part of my main training. You know right. I mean? It's just, like, skill-building stuff I do on the side to play with. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. But whenever I videotape mm-hmm. it, and, like, you can go on my Instagram feed. Um, I think it's, like, at Daniel Friedel or something. And check out, like, I, on the post, I put doing dumb stuff for fun. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, it's not part of my regular routine. I'm just, oh, hey, let me see how heavy I can go with a double get up with right. kettlebells, you know? And the uh, one-handed barbell clean and press into windmill. Like, yeah. I would never do that for sets. I just play with it to see if I can do it. Right. But, no, functional training, basically, in its infancy, you know, before it used to be called, uh, was it muscle and strength sport? Right. So like basically the, I guess, physical culture would have been the name for it back in like the 60s. That was kind of within that movement, you know, and a lot of functional training comes from sports specific training of the early 1900s. You know, like your wrestlers, football players, all of that stuff. They wanted to increase their sport. So that's where a lot of, you know, overall physical muscle building cardiovascular all of that training came from was they wanted to get better at sport people didn't really do it for aesthetic reasons right. until you know eugene sandow started bodybuilding and all that stuff but basically functional training was just how can you make your body the most efficient at the sport you want to play right, right. so from that it kind of grew you know like the late 70s to early 80s they kind of developed it within physical therapy you know so their idea of functional training was to build up deficiencies or go through rehab or something like that right that way you could get people back to doing their daily living activities so like fitness or functional fitness has kind of meant different terms throughout the different eras of fitness training you know so, like, even with you, a lot of the training that you do is more functional than aesthetic. You know, you Absolutely. train to be an ultra runner. You train right. to be a cyclist. Yeah. You know, and with that, don't get me wrong, like, the aesthetics come with it. You can't train oh, yeah. hard and, yeah. like, be functionally strong and not look fit. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's, and it's a different kind of fit, I guess, mm. for lack of better words or lack of better terms. But then, again, when I, you know. In, like, the running world, I don't look like a typical runner. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's one thing about it. You're, like, a heavyweight ultra runner. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You're in the top category when it comes to that stuff. You know, and if I, I guess if I kind of shaved it, 
shaved a lot off. I might be a little faster, but whatever. I don't know. Maybe, but I mean, it's always a give and take, right? Right. So, like with me, I increased my running because I signed up for the Black Mountain Monster. But at the same time, I still want to look like a lifter. Yeah, too, yeah, you know, I'm not trying to like turn into the marathon body. Yeah, I mean, for me, I kind of look at it, and it's you know, it's one of those things like, um, where I try, you know, I, for me, I try to think of like, in even like a hundred mile race, you know, you get into that last, <clears throat> last ten twenty miles, whatever it is, and you know, endurance wise, you're pretty well shot, but you still have that power and muscle to kind of push yourself through, you know those hill climbs or whatever's left over, you know, whatever's left. <clears throat> so I kind of, you know, I, I kind of tip my hat to that side of it, being able to have that, you know, having the strength and, and muscle to muscle through stuff, especially that late in the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, that late in the game or if you come to like a heavy hill climb or something like that as well, you know, it's always good to know you have that power right. to back you up when yeah. your endurance starts feeling a little rough. Yeah. And not only that, just the mental aspect that comes with hard training. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like we talked about before, the first time I did the Black Mountain Monster, I barely trained for it. I did Tim Ferriss's, um, it was like a couch to 50K program. Yeah. I think was what it was. It wasn't like your average couch to 5K type thing. Right. His thing was heavy deadlifts and 40 meter sprints. Yeah. Occasionally mixing in longer runs. And that was how he programmed. Yeah. So that's what I did. I was like, cool, this guy knows what he's talking about. Um for those of you that don't know, he's the author of the four hour body right. and the four hour work week and all kinds of other stuff. But, but yeah, so I did that program and honestly, I think it was more of my mental training that got me through that more than anything. You know I mean? I never really ran that far during my training runs. So whenever it came time to actually, you know, go through the race itself, I was struggling hard after like 15K. Yeah. <laughs> like my third lap was terrible. I was already on the struggle bus. Right. And it was literally just the mental side of things of, okay, one foot in front of the other. Keep yeah. going. Keep going. I'm not done yet. Keep going. That pushed me to do the 50K. You know? Oh, yeah. And I mean, after that, I had some structural damage going on in my hip. So I yeah. couldn't really continue past that if I right. wanted to or not. But I really contribute that back to my martial arts training and back to my heavy lifting of, okay, you know, I've been broken down before and finished a workout, so I let's just keep this going. Yeah, and I remember it was kind of funny because I, I, I thought about it in my head. I remember, you know, I was on a really set of really crappy leg workout back in the summer. And, and Rob was, you know, adding some negative weight to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and some resistance to that and I thought I was going to die mm-hmm. you know because it was like it was that burnout set yeah and I remember he said you know he's like well he's like you'll remember this last set of squats and you're when you're on that last five miles and you're trying to muscle your way through it mm-hmm. and literally I, I remember thinking about yeah. that set of squats when I was climbing that last hill it was like, like oh yeah I felt this before oh yeah this is I, this burn is definitely familiar you know mm-hmm. I may be moving slow but I'm still moving Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, and that's it. You know, and so that's one thing about functional training as well is it really depends on what your activities are. Right. You know, um, Mark Burmaster, who we've had on the podcast um, previously, he was getting ready for the Silfit Challenge. He was doing the fifty hour, I believe. I think it was the fifty. It may have been the twenty four, but I won't say it was the fifty. 
But um, either way, I mean, both of them are absolutely terrible. I mean, yeah. you're going through what the seals go through during their hell week, right? Right. So he said that the crazy part about it was whenever he got in there, it was all stuff that we had done in here. Yeah. He said we had an overhead log carry. I was like, cool. I've been doing overhead barbell and kettlebell carries for two years now. You're right. You know, they got into the log carry to where it was on your chest and you were setting up doing the, I can't remember what he called it, but like basically laying down the wave yeah. and they told you when to set up and when to go back down. Yeah. He's like, man, it's the same thing as desertor carry that we do with the sandbags. Yeah. You know, so he was like, everything that we did here was preparing me for that. You know, and I think right. they ended up, they either started or finished with the MRF. And I had him go through my anyhow possible workout, which is kind of like a MRF right. for runners to where you don't have the mile run, but mm-hmm. you have a couple other exercises mixed in. And he's like, dude, I just blew that out of the park. You know, I mean, they said that you had to do it basically as prescribed. So, like, with that, you know, I can't remember which one's first, but, like, you have to knock out the first one before you move on to the second one. Right. You know, a lot of people kind of modify the MRF and make it in a circuit. Yeah. I'm wanting to say it's, like, 100 pull-ups. 100 pull-ups. And then 100 push-ups, push-ups and then 300 squats. Yeah. So, you have to finish all the pull-ups mm-hmm. before you move on to the push-ups, before right. you move on to the squats. Yeah, yeah. That's the way yeah. I've always done it. Yeah. So, I've never done it that way. I've always broke it up into 10 rounds. Oh, yeah. So, 10 pull-ups, 20 push-ups, 30 squats. But, yes, yeah, so, I mean, that was perfect functional training for the activity he had coming yeah. up. And, like, he told me that he was doing it, and I kind of had an idea of what it was. But, you know, you never actually find out what it is till you get there because oh, they yeah. change it up all the time. That way it's a new experience. Yeah. You can't, like, okay, this is what you go through. This is what you need to plan for. You know, they like to play around with it. Right. So that's still a part of functional training. And I think that a lot of people get lost in functional training because they see it as, you know, a lot of the Olympic – lifts don't count or a lot of i don't want to say olympic lifts because a lot of those aren't truly functional but like a lot of your bodybuilding exercises don't count as functional training right when it really does yeah i mean the barbell is an excellent tool for functional training you Mm -hmm. know while i'm not a big fan of barbell back squats for functional training barbell front squats are awesome yeah you know and i mean don't get me wrong back squats have their place too but when we're talking about more of a functional thing you know the analogy I always give is think about moving around stuff in your garage when you're cleaning it out. Yeah. You know, you don't throw it on a rack, slap it across your shoulders and carry it out. Right. You pick it up, pull it close to your body, and yeah. then you walk it out, you yep. know? So you're picking up everything front loaded whenever you're moving things. Mm-hmm. So I think that's more of a functional modification, but that doesn't mean you can't do barbell back squats. Right. You know, bench press. You know, if you're ever working up underneath a car and you need to push something up. You know, or if you're playing with the kids or whatever it is, building a back deck and you're holding up a board, you know, I mean, you can always kind of see the benefit to adding in bodybuilding and strength training exercise. Anything that makes you stronger is going to be a functional exercise. Absolutely. And I mean, plus it just, it's good just to be strong. Yeah. Strength makes everything easier. I mean, there's zero advantage to being weaker. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, it's yard work. I mean, everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, you know, and it's all relative to your core, your back. Um, I mean, so, yeah, when you're thinking, oh, I'm out, you know, mowing the grass or I'm out slinging mulch, I mean, all that stuff's relative to what, to those, to those chores, I yeah. guess, um, mm-hmm. or those duties. I mean, you know, strong core, strong back, strong legs. Without that, you know, you're, what are you actually going to get done? What are you going to accomplish? Nothing, man. If you don't have a strong core, you don't have a strong body. Right. That's all there's to it. Your core is what holds everything together. You know, right. 
and I'm not saying that like if you can't see six packs, you're not strong, yeah, or six pack abs, you're not strong. I mean, look at power lickers. Gonna say, I mean, I, yeah. I started working, I started lifting with two guys that were one of them was in his fifties, the other one was probably in his early forties, you know. And these guys wore bib overalls to work, had beer guts, and mm-hmm. but warmed up with four hundred five on bench press. <laughs> I mean, you know, and a thousand pounds on leg press. Yeah, and just ripped it out like it was, you know, nothing. Yep. So no, it, that's that goes back to the aesthetics. But when you got now you got down in a hole to fix a water break or water main, oh yeah, uh, those are the boys you wanted torquing those big wrenches or you know, oh no joke. Well, I mean anything around the house, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean when you can just grab three packs of mulch in one go and carry it over yeah. somewhere, I mean that's pretty functional exercise, right. you know. And like yeah. I said, with strong legs, that makes everything easier. Mm-hmm. Strong, strong core too. I mean, your core is what ties everything together, so it doesn't really matter how much you can leg press or bench press. If you have trouble stabilizing mm-hmm. your core, you're going to have a ton of back injuries. Yeah. So, you know, any type of ab work, whether it's hanging leg raises or crunches or any of that stuff, can be functional. A yeah. lot of people kind of overdo it. You know, yeah. they train core every workout, and you don't really oh, need no. to do that. No. You know, as long as you're doing heavy deadlifts, heavy bench press, like heavy core lifts, then your midsection is going to get stronger. Right. So I, mean, I should have, like, used different terminology. I mean, core lifts is in, like, your bench press, deadlift, right. back squat, yeah. power clean, that type of foundational. stuff. Foundational. Yeah, foundational exercise. Mm-hmm. There we go. I mean, that, that goes, and that's relative to being a dad. I mean, one of the, one of the things I've always kind of, you know taking pride in but also gauge kind of where i'm at you know as an old fart is you know every christmas i've always carried my kid to his bed before you know santa comes my kid's 13 now and (laughs) it's 18 steps straight up yeah to the second floor or third floor where his bedroom's at now so last year i made it last year but but it was a little tough you know Mm. so this year i'm like oh Heck, I mean, he's gotten a little taller. He's How much you weigh? Get on the scale. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, it's like I want to be, I want to be strong to be able to do that stuff. Yeah. I mean, that stuff's still important. Um, I know that sounds, and for some people, that might sound silly, but I mean, that's yeah. that's important to me. So I feel like I need to be strong to do that. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, so that's one thing about it too. What about emergency situations? Yeah. You go hiking with your kid. And, you know, they fall, break a leg, you know, mm-hmm. swinging on a limb, it breaks, they go through mm-hmm. it, or, you know, they sprain an ankle really bad. Can you carry them out? Oh, yeah. No, that's one of the big things about it. So, uh, one situation that uh, my uncle found himself in, I want to say 10 years ago, he was rabbit hunting. You know, I think I've talked about it before. My uncle loves to run beagles yeah. and do rabbit hunting and stuff. So, they were out in this thicket you know i mean him and i think three or four of his buddies were out there rabbit runs right between him and his buddy sammy and sammy just slings up wasn't paying attention to where zeb was didn't know where he was end up shooting him in the side so like think you know zeb's carrying a shotgun like everybody carries it through the Mm -hmm. woods and he shot the side that the shotgun was on so luckily his hand was blocking a lot of his stomach but i mean still man you got rabbit shot there's like you know, 40 pellets mm-hmm. in that one. So he ended up taking a couple of them in the stomach, a couple of them stopped on his ribs, and a, couple, a bunch of them went in his hand and his upper quad. My uncle was 6'4", 250. Yeah. They had to carry him out. And, I mean, when I say they were in a thicket, they were like a quarter of a mile in a thicket and a half a mile to the truck. Right. So they had to carry him out of there. And, I mean, that was a situation they'd been in a million times. You yeah. know I mean? They hunt 
all the time, every single season, have for the past 25 years. Right. But that one time, an emergency situation came up, and him and or Sammy and one of his buddies had to drag my uncle's butt out of there. Yeah. You know, not a small man whatsoever, but those guys, you know, don't get me wrong, adrenaline's going to kick in and help you out. But the easier you can make it, the better. Yeah. I you mean, know? and you think about, like, the workforce and, and, and things like that. Think about firefighters. I mean, yeah. think about... I mean, yeah, it ain't only like helping somebody out. It's carrying in 120 right. pounds worth of gear or whatever this, it is. I don't know how much it actually weighs. At the same weighs, time but. of crawling through a space that might be, you know, 24 by 24 inches. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. and then getting to the other end of that and finding you've got a 600 or six, six, two, 200 pound, uh, you know, fireman yeah, or somebody yeah. that you got to throw over your shoulder, you know, get them out a window or get them back mm-hmm. where you just came from. I mean, so it's not always about being big, but mm. being strong and having, uh, you know, lungs and yeah. endurance. So that was one of the things, like, when I was a fireman, um, <clears throat> I was one of those, you know, I was, compared to a lot of the other guys, I was the more, you know, the thin, fitter guy, but I was still mm. strong. So I could manage to crawl through small, confined spaces and get to places a little bit faster, but still have the strength to do the work that needed to be done. Whereas some folks couldn't, they could, when they finally got there, they didn't have the strength to do the work that needed to be done. But then, so then they become a liability on everybody else that's doing work. I mean, so, I mean, you have to look at it so many different ways and there's so many applications where it's very important where, you know, maybe functional training is the best thing for you compared Mm -hmm. to, you know, bodybuilding. Maybe it's going to be more beneficial to you in the long run for your career and, and all those things, hmm. come, you know, yeah. it all adds up. Yeah, and I mean, so yeah. a lot of it's going to be towards your goals, obviously, but like you were talking about, sometimes it's part of your career or it's part of what you want to do in your off time, you know, right. your hobbies. So with firefighters, that's kind of a, it's kind of a real delicate situation because you know, I mean, you want to get a good workout in, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you can't go kill it on legs one day. Because what if you get a call that day? Oh yeah, can't be like, oh, sorry guys, I can't walk. I went too hard in the gym. Yeah. So you really have to gauge how hard you go in the gym yeah. compared to what could come up. You know, and with and with firefighters or police or anything like that, you always want to be a hundred percent at your job. Right. You know, so maybe. Instead of having one heavy leg day, you have two or three light leg days. Yeah. That way you're still getting in plenty of work, but you're never fighting that DOMS or any type of muscle soreness or muscle fatigue. Right. That way, whenever things happen, you're still at full capacity to do oh, whatever yeah. work needs to be done. Right. Yeah. I mean, because the last thing you want to do is to go crawling in, you know, on a RIT team or a hose line and you're, you're, you know, you cramp up. Yeah. Did you just kill legs the day before? Pull yeah. a hammy while I'm you're in there. I'm not going to say it. hasn't happened before because uh, <laughs> that hammy starts going, oh, no, it starts twitching. And you're, mm-hmm. yeah, you're trying to kick that leg out and stretch it out. And there's nowhere to really stretch it. It's bad. Yeah. But I've done it before. Yeah. And that's one thing about jujitsu as well is I always say I'm going to save some for jujitsu, but I normally don't. So halfway through a roll, I'm like trying to straighten my leg out to stop it from cramping. Yeah. And then you always end up giving up position. But good thing about it is it helps me work my defense more often than not. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you always want to taper it to what you need, you know. And I use a lot of functional training, especially with my older clients. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. you know, whenever a massage therapist or chiropractor or whatever refers somebody to me, usually, honestly, it's just weak core. Yeah. You know, whether it's their glutes not firing properly or they just can't stabilize their spine that well. So we do some functional exercises just to get them back to where they can just live throughout the day without having pain. Yeah. And that's a huge part of it too, man. Oh, yeah. People like to people like to talk trash about people who go to the gym. You know, like whether they're saying they're conceited or, you know, whatever they want to throw out there. Yeah. But for a lot of people, it's just staying healthy. Oh yeah. I mean it really is. Look at the pandemic that we're into right now. You know, yeah. I mean, staying healthy is one of the best things about it. The yeah. two biggest um, risk factors as far as being hospitalized with COVID is obesity and diabetes. Yeah. You know, those are two huge things. And those are also two things that you can take away from just training, whether it's physical training or excuse me, whether it's functional training, whether it's bodybuilding, whatever. Yeah. You know, just get some muscle activation going, burn off some glycogen, lower your yeah. blood sugar. And if, and if looking good naked is... A byproduct? Yeah. So wow. be it. So yeah. be it. It's I a mean, great side effect to have. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> what else does that do? That increases your confidence. Yep. What could you do if you had higher self-confidence? Mm-hmm. A lot. Now. That changes <clears throat> big time. Now, some of us, you know, suffer with that body dysmorphia stuff, which, hey, that's a real deal. And it never goes away, man. Nope. You just learn to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, who was it? Tom Platts. I don't remember. This is a famous bodybuilder. He said, once you decide to become a bodybuilder, you decide to be small forever. Yeah. Because you're never going to be bigger, big enough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always yeah. somebody bigger mm-hmm. right around the corner. I'm not only that. You're like, eh, if I just get five pounds heavier. Eh, that looked good, but I could still, yeah. I just, just five more pounds, I'll be good. You yeah. know, that's no, just I'm how like, it goes. If I can just lose five more pounds. Oh, wait a minute. Dude, that's me. I am happy where I'm at. I usually walk around about 174 to 177. I remember back when I was 188, 189, I felt terrible. Oh, gosh, yeah. I really did, man. I just, my jujitsu suffered. My lifts were great. I mean, it's strongest I'd ever been. I think 190 but, was as heavy as I ever actually got, and that was with a ton of work. I mean, I had to, I yeah. mean, it was eat, eat, eat. Dude, that eat, was me, eating. man. Yeah, I had to do 4,300 calories a day Yeah, because yeah. of all of my extracurricular activities mm-hmm. I do, man. And just eating that much, dude, I don't think I was hungry for six months. I ate so I many of those stuffed. colossal bars. Oh, my God. Those, like, 1,000-calorie protein bars, the colossal. Yeah, oh my, my stomach can take that stuff, man. I started doing this uh, weight gainer with, like, um, so I kind of made my own. But it was whey protein powder, like a cup of um, still rolled oats, a banana, I want to say, what else? Oh, some heavy whipping cream, and honey. Oh, yeah. And that ended up <clears throat> kicking the calories up pretty high, too. And whole milk. Yeah. Whole milk. So, I mean, I was taking out a lot of sugar and a lot of fat, but. Dude, you just, you feel disgusting afterwards, man. Yeah. <laughs> like those mass gainer shakes. I tried those back in high school and, like, you know, it'd have like 20-some hundred calories per oh, yeah, shake, and that. you about had to chew it, but your stomach was destroyed for hours afterwards. Yeah. I mean, it just, it literally felt like you swallowed a rock. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, yeah, I was lifting heavy weights then, but I I, I kind of like the fact that where I'm at now at 170 pounds, you know, running ultras and all mm-hmm. that, but I can still, you know, grab a 70, 75-pound set of dumbbells and yeah. knock out what I need to do and you know yeah that's it man that's what I'm looking for I don't care I mean 
I always want to get stronger, but I'm just not interested in gaining weight yeah. at this point. Yeah. You know, I, I started running now, so I'm probably going to end up dropping down to the high 68, high 60s. Yeah, I mean, where I get now, 67, 68, with the long run training, I just tend to get more chiseled, which is kind of yeah. the aesthetic that I would like to continue I was about to, to have. say again a great side effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and that's but that goes back to the you know the combination of you know the functional training and you know the lifting and then the running on top of each other like there's a lot of runners i know that don't touch weights i mean it's just like i'm not doing that which hey there there's a lot of those guys are way better runners than i am they are man but Um, they're so fragile yeah and that's my biggest thing about it like let's set the aesthetic side apart you know let's set the strength side a yeah. part of it. And when I say strength, I mean like the strength training aspect of yeah. it, like just being strong. One of the biggest issues I see with people who are just runners yeah. is joint pain. Oh, yeah. Like their quads and hamstrings aren't strong enough to stop their knees from hurting. You yeah. know, like I talked about whenever me and you first started working together, they don't build up the outer hip. Yeah. Runners do a million reps forward, you know, just constantly forward. Occasionally, you'll hit a turn. And right. you'll get a little bit of that glute meat activation, but not much. And nobody runs with their ass. Yeah. Unless you're running uphill with wide strides, you're not activating your glutes. Right. So one of the biggest things that I see in people who only run and do no strength training is that their hips, knees, and ankles give them fits after runs because they don't have enough tension on the tendons to actually keep that muscle tight or keep that joint tight and make it do what it needs to do. Right. You know, so whenever you start doing strength training for runners out there, walking lunges, box step ups, you know, split squats, explosive hops, that type of stuff is going to stop you from having joint pain. Yeah. And what happens if you run 40 miles and your knees still feel great? You can run another 40 miles after that, you know? I mean, that's one thing that I can honestly say that last race, I mean, overall, Everything felt excellent. I mean, yeah. the only issue I had was my Achilles, realistically. I mean, mm. of course, my legs were trashed. I mean, it's just that's just part of that. Yeah. I mean, but there wasn't anything that wasn't my hips weren't bothering me. My glutes weren't bothering me. Mm. My hamstrings and calves were a little tight, but that just goes with the fact that. Yeah, I mean, it's 100 miles, yeah, yeah. dude. Like, <clears throat> so you ain't getting out of that unscathed. <laughs> yeah, so at the end of it, the only problem I really had was that Achilles. Yeah, and I mean, that's a. Yeah. issue that's been bugging you for right. a year now yeah. you know so, so i mean that was literally just mm-hmm. all those miles on something that was already a little right. damaged um, and i mean even then that wasn't that bad you nah. had a little bit of swelling and a little bit of loss of range of motion yeah. but that lasted what two weeks yeah you know what i mean wasn't anything that required surgery or a mm-hmm. boot or anything like that right. so. so i can honestly say that the training you know and uh, with the amount of mileage we were putting in the training really worked out and all paid off so like, I mean, that, but that goes back to one of the, what we just talked about, having those, you know, strong glutes, strong quads, strong, you know, yep. all those things. Oh. Now, I mean, there, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of pure runners out there that whip my tail. Yeah. But I've seen a lot of people that are still out of it that whip my tail that still haven't got back to running yet. Yep. And that's one thing, too, is strength training is going to help you flush out that lactic acid a lot yeah. faster. You know, I mean, so let's say you go from deadlifting 200 pounds to deadlifting 400 pounds. Yeah. Your body weight is going to mean very little when you start talking. To, like if you look at running, you know what I mean? It's basically a controlled forward fall. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's all running is. That's You're falling forward and one foot is catching while the other one is falling. Momentum. Yeah. 
So, I mean, that's essentially like a little half-assed lunch. Mm -hmm. So the more weight you can do, the more reps you can get in with a lighter weight. That's how strength training works, right? I mean, in a nutshell, that's all it is to it. So let's say you go from being, you know, 150 pounds and back squatting, you know, 200 pounds. Let's just make it easy. Use round numbers. So you're at 150 pounds and you can back squat 200 pounds. So what about if you go from 155 or go to 155, but you can back squat 250 pounds? Yeah. Right? So you just gain five pounds of muscle. We're going to assume it's in the quads, hamstrings, and glutes because you're doing back squats, right? Yeah. So how is that not going to make your life easier? Right. You know? Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so to me, functional training is really within your programming more than it is within the exercise selection. Yeah. Right. Anytime you get stronger, it's going to make your life easier, whether it's the daily activities, whether it's your hobby, your career, all of that stuff. The biggest thing that I look for whenever somebody tries to set up or I look into a, you know, six, eight week program that's around functional fitness is a, what are the prescribed loads? Right. So what percentage are we working in? Because functional fitness, you're not really going to do like powerlifting type splits. We ain't getting into the four to six range category. Maybe once every now and then, but not often whatsoever. And two, with the exercise selection, how safe are those exercises? Like I said, if you're doing barbell back squats on a BOSU, you're just asking for an injury. Yeah. You really are. I cannot stand that stuff. Anything that looks fancy, but you're like, oh, there's five ways this can go wrong. Just cut it out. Don't even risk it. Yeah, I mean, my God. I mean, barbell back squats have been around for how long? I mean. At least 200 years. And barbell was invented. Yeah, and that's just barbell back. That's a barbell and your feet on the planet on the ground and a back squat. And people have been that successful with barbell. Why do we need to throw in a bougie ball all of a sudden? Well, that was my big thing, too. Like, what kind of field are you playing on? Yeah. Are we doing, like trampoline basketball or trampoline dodgeball (laughs) why do you need to be on an uneven surface yeah exactly (laughs) why can't you just have both feet on flat hard ground like you're going to be doing in 95 percent of the sports Mm -hmm. on this planet you know yeah i mean even with roller blades like would you suggest somebody say they want to compete in the roller derby are you going to have them do walking lunges and barbell back squats on roller blades? No. Mm. They're going to blow their ankles out left and right. Yeah. So, I mean, you have them do it on a fixed surface, and then you have your skill building stuff later on. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. Whenever it comes to functional training, there's nothing wrong with skill building. No. There really isn't. Yeah. I mean, you want to obviously perform your sport as well as possible. Absolutely. So, another part that you can look into is like the Olympic lifts, like I mentioned earlier. So, the barbell snatch. Definitely going to get you stronger. Definitely going to make you a way more explosive athlete. But what's the risk-reward ratio here? It's very, very low. It really is. You can do dumbbell snatches, single-arm snatches. Those are perfect because your risk-reward ratio is very low. You're not looking at, you know, risking any big injury because your shoulders aren't trying to work together to throw a heavy barbell behind your head. Right. And two, you're getting the exact same muscle, if not more, because you can do single-side which means you can fire the core in a cross-stitch pattern instead of just a straight-up-and-down pattern. So, like I said, what kind of injury are we looking at and what kind of reward are we getting from it? Mm -hmm. If you're an Olympic lifter, you have to do the barbell snatch. There's no way of getting around it. If that's your sport, you have to do it. So, of course, skill building. And then you're going to program a, you know, I don't know what they do, but I'm just going to throw a number out there, probably a 12-week 
hypertrophy mm. program to get you stronger. But even then, they're only doing three or four per set. Right. They're not doing like these high rep as many as you can for a minute, none of that stuff. So it's all back to the programming. Why you got to yawn, man? Now yeah, I feel like I got to yawn. Okay. So with that, you know, like I said, the barbell is still an excellent mm. functional training tool. Just how you use it. Right. You know, barbell deadlift. Awesome. One of the best exercises on the planet yes, for is, overall yeah. strength. Yeah, I need to do them. I did some rack pulls on Saturday morning. I haven't done any actual. I it's usually use trap bar. It's been a while since I've done barbell deadlifts, and I certainly felt it. Oh, yeah, big time. And I do like the trap bar a lot better, or some people call the hex bar. Yeah, the hexagon I do bar. like that, yeah. I like those just because you feel like you can get in between the weight. The mm-hmm. weight isn't in front of you the entire time, so you get a lot more core activation. And honestly, like a the trap bar deadlift is kind of the same thing as a hack squat. Yeah. Like you're going to pull your hips a little bit lower just because your hands are by your side. You don't have to pass the knee line because it's going straight up, straight down. So right. Yeah, I didn't think yeah, of that. You can get into semantics all you want to. I still I enjoy the barbell deadlift. I really do. I haven't oh, done yeah. them in a while, but like I said, I still enjoy it. It'll keep your form in check for sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah. If your form's bad, you're going to know the next oh, yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, and with me, I'm always a huge fan of the kettlebell. I think the kettlebell is one of the best tools for functional training because you can do all the major lifts and you can do a lot of different momentum lifts, yeah. you know, like the kettlebell swing. Yeah. Easily one of my favorite exercises. Like if I, if that was the only exercise I ever did with the kettlebell, I'd still be happy buying kettlebells. All right. Because the swing is just that good of an exercise. You know, very low impact. You can go very heavy if you want to. You can go lightweight and just keep it going, whatever right. you want to do. But it's going to be an excellent, exer- excellent exercise. But tripped all over that mm-hmm. for the entire posterior chain. You know, for your back, shoulder girdles, everything is getting worked within yeah. the kettlebell swing. You know, and other exercises such as, or excuse me, other equipment such as like the steel clubs I have out there or the steel mace. Yeah. Those are great too, but again, it's how you use them. Yeah. You know, I think we've talked about before. I'm not a big fan of the dances with sticks <laughs> style mobility exercises yeah. that they do with the clubs and the steel mace. I'm more of a bread and butter style on it. I love them because it'll work your forearms like nothing else will. Yeah. I mean, you get a steel mace and you start doing some 360s with it or you start doing some barbarian squats with it, your forearms are going to be on fire more oh, than yeah. any barbell shrugs or deadlift or yeah hard pulls shrugs and that stuff is going to attack your grip a lot harder right. so if you're looking to build up grip strength which everybody could use more grip strength oh yeah, i mean i've yeah. never seen absolutely yeah i know very few people that just have ridiculous grips yeah mine's terrible yeah <clears throat> so all those are good you know body weight exercises i mean man if you're looking for zero equipment that's one of your functional things right there oh yeah you know, every sport on this planet, you're going to be using your body. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> why not do as many body weight exercises as you can yep. and get your body used to moving itself through different planes of motion? Especially if you're, you know, if you're new to the game and looking to oh, get, exactly. looking to get your feet wet. I mean, oh, that's dude. the best way to start. Yeah. We'll get Mark, man. Mark, oh, yeah. like he'll tell you, he did body weight exercises for like 20 years and then came in here and he took everything I could throw at him because yeah. he understood a how his body moved, but he also understood, like, okay, this is a good weight. Like, I go any heavier, I'm going to start feeling at my joints. You know yeah. I mean? He was very conscious of his body coming into it. Yeah. So that's, that's a, like the, yeah, that's the patience part of it, you know. 
like so many people want to jump in. That's an excellent way of explaining that. You know, I never yeah. thought about it yeah. that way, but it literally is patience. Yeah, yeah. It's there's so many people like, and, and I actually saw a, it was an athlete that I follow, um, uh, and she it's a, it's a female, but she posted a you know a picture and she's like, uh, yeah, this while while this this picture is impressive or whatever what you need to realize was this took three years in the making so mm-hmm. here's a picture from three years prior to what i look like yeah. here's a three picture three years later so this didn't just happen overnight yeah. you know because there's so many people that think oh i'm just going to jump in there and start throwing around weights or or and it's the same way with you know running and other things and people that that think that there's no risk to running that and i see them all the time you know especially those certain times of the year and I'll, I'll see them and I'm just watching them and they look like they're just in God awful pain. They're hating what they're doing. And you're like, they're probably like a quarter mile in yeah. to this forced one or two mile run and they're going to be destroyed at the end and they're going to hate it. And it's the same way with people in the gym sometimes. I mean, it's, yeah. they expect all that to change in, in a week. Yeah. Yeah, don't look for fast progress. That's one of the things that just drives me insane. Every time somebody comes in and we start talking about it, I'm like, look, this is going to take a while. Yeah. We're battling 20 years of habits mm-hmm. here, all right? So keep in mind, you didn't get this way in a week, no. so it ain't going to take you a week to get back out of it. Yeah. You know? I mean, but it no, patience me. is extremely important. I mean, it took me, God, I can't remember how many years until I, until I finally saw a six-pack. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, that was food, training, the whole nine yards, just trying yeah. to figure out how it all worked together because it does all work together. Yeah. Um, but I remember when I saw the first little indention, it's like, oh, snap. <laughs> oh, there yeah, it is. Here we go. <laughs> but then, you know, it took another year before I got anywhere. You know, I mean, yeah. just work, 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 work. Um, yeah. And hmm. a lot of time, I mean, I'm like everybody else. I mean, I'm human. I thought, well, that's never going to happen. Hmm. <clears throat> but it just took a lot of patience yeah yeah it definitely does and that's one of the things that drive me insane too you mentioned that you know you um follow that person on social media one of the big things that kills me is whenever like these you know insta pros yeah will post like oh this was me three months ago this is yeah. me today i'm like wait a minute i've been following you for six months you never looked like that like, right. <laughs> what are you doing to these photos you know yeah, yeah. and that's what irritates the hell out of me is because they're setting up these like extreme examples of what can be done three months. I'm like, no, it can't. You know, for me, the one of the double-edged swords of this is the more conditioned you get, the longer it takes you to see progress. Oh, yeah. You know, so when I tell people, you know, I gain, on average, I gain about five to six pounds of muscle a year. They're like, that's it? Well, I just started working out, and I did this. I'm like, yeah, it's because you just started working out. My yeah. first year of working out, I put on a lot of muscle too. Oh yeah! But you got to think I've been in the game for twenty years now. <laughs> so, and not to not to mention like my goals have changed drastically throughout the years. I'm not just looking to get big anymore. Like I yeah. said, I want to get strong. I want to get a lot more functional whenever it comes to martial arts, to running, all of those things. I'm like, no, like, that's great progress. You talk to the pros, they're like, oh yeah, man, you're doing great. Like, yeah. Keep at it. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah, I, and I. Yeah, I mean, think I about how much you've changed in the past three years. Oh, yeah. You know, it ain't Absolutely. been much. Like, your performance has gone up and your lifts have gone right. up. But as far as your actual body image, 
Not a, don't get me wrong. Like I can go on a crash diet, look leaner. Oh, yeah. But I'm talking about like my average day to day build. And that's why slow it's progress. so easy. Like even like in my case, to, to find so many little insecurities or find I can go in and find and people are like, oh, you're crazy. I'm like, no, I'm not. But it's the fact that I pretty much look the same all year long, except you know in the summertime, spring summertime, I'll get tan, which helps change things. Mm-hmm. But it's those little tweaks that are so hard to make that mm. I see. Yeah. And it's like, well, I got to change. For me to do that, I have to change a lot mm. of things. Yeah, that's it, man. You've been running on the correct program right. for so long. You got to do some drastic changes. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that pisses me off. You ever, like, you know, I like go out Friday night, have a couple beers, have a pizza, wake oh, yeah. up Saturday morning, you're like, damn. I'm, like, all filled out and cut at the same time. Oh, yeah. I'm like, beer and pizza's great for you. Yeah. It's like, no, you just haven't had carbs in a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> and your body's like, oh, I like the sodium. <laughs> yeah, we did that a couple weekends ago, and yeah. I was like... Wake up and you're accidentally shredded. We went to the <laughs> yeah. went to the movies, and I'm like, I ate, God, I probably ate three-fourths three of a bucket of popcorn, and mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just like, oh, that's so good. Salt, butter, the whole yeah. nine yards. And we were like, well, what are we going to do for dinner afterwards? Well, oh, let's go to a Cracker Barrel. And I'm like, all right, we'll get me a steak. And some eggs, I'm gonna be perfect. I was like, give me some steak, I'm gonna get some eggs. Oh, and give me that order of French toast, and I'm gonna have this hash brown casserole. Yeah, I still got the apple fritters back here. Yeah, I'm sitting here like, man, I'm gonna hate life in the morning. You wake up and you're like, oh my god, every vein showing. I mean, you're just like, yeah. Then you wake up Sunday morning, you're like, where'd the pudge come from? Why are my joints? I can't get my ring off. Why my (laughs) joints are all swollen? Yeah, but those are the fun little things. I've done that a couple of times. Wake up Saturday morning, you're like, oh, you're like, damn. Yeah. Put on five pounds last night. Why do I look so swollen? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. All the carbs and sodium, that did the trick. Yep. Too bad that's going to be gone in like four hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, it's just Mother Nature's way of saying, ha, ha. Yeah. Full beer. <laughs> Junk food's bad for you, yeah. huh? Yeah. Wait till tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You have a run. You have a 50 mile ride tomorrow. Well, you're going to be like, but about halfway <laughs> through that. Yeah. First round of jujitsu, you just <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fun how that works. Mm-hmm. Aesthetics go up and performance just nosedives. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. So I talk to any bodybuilder about how they feel the day of the show, and you'll understand that oh, too. Like, <laughs> even with me, man. Like I did the men's physique thing. You know, I went on four week diet. Like I didn't do anything extreme, and it was a natural show, so I yeah. wasn't fighting off diuretics. I wasn't fighting off withdrawals, any of that stuff. I still felt bad yeah. like i ain't gonna say i felt terrible i felt bad yeah and like that night i helped myself out i drank probably a gallon of water in the five hours after the show before i went to bed and i got a nice huge salad with some grilled chicken on it like everything was good mm-hmm. i was good after that woke up sunday morning i still had a little bit of a headache just from like my water flush yeah. and everything but other than that i was good man i just i can't imagine what the pros feel like oh my god uh, yeah I mean, I'm in watching some dumping of that. all that stuff, dude. I mean, hell, like, how many of them have fell out on stage? You know, I mean, you go out backstage at those places. They're like laying in the floor with their feet propped up and just sipping know, like, little caps of water. Yeah, you know, Rob was posting what that cereal. What was that cereal he was eating? When he was, I can't remember now, but I'm like, oh my god, how I'd love to eat that cereal right now. And then I'm like, I know exactly what it made me feel like. And he was like, <laughs> and then of course he was like, yeah, it made me feel exactly what you would think it would make you feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's one thing I didn't want to do. Count chocolate at home. Just call my name. See, it's my the, poison's fruity pebbles. Well, it's a seasonal thing. So this weekend, I'm eating some Count Chocula. <laughs> and I'm trying to talk myself into going and running a 50K on Saturday. That's a good plan. You think? Yeah, just put some Count Chocula in a little Ziploc baggie. Use it as your carbs for the race. I think I should go run a 50K. Why not? Sean told me it was a dumb idea, but... Yeah, go do it. It'd be fine. You've had plenty of other dumb ideas. Oh, you're talking about the Fauna Floor? Yeah. Yeah. 
I've heard that was a beautiful trail. Oh, I've done it. A and it times. begins and ends at the brewery, right? It does. Yeah, right there. Carb up before you go, man. Not 100 sure my body will make it. I'm, uh, I'm kind of may not, but like you're just right there at Lake James, you'll be fine. I'm kind of hitting a wall about 15 miles right now. Oh, yeah, you might want to give it some time, man. It's like that that 15 miles when your body just goes, hey man, like uh, I gave you all I had a couple it, weeks yeah, ago. It's like you get, start to get a little tight, and you're like, mm. yeah, yeah. I'm trying to talk myself into it, but then I'm just like I don't know. I thought about actually getting up and riding my bike up to Fauna Flora, hanging out for a little bit. Watching Sean and then running back my bike back home. It's like yeah. sixty-five mile round trip. Ain't bad. Mm. That hill right there in Motown hurts you though. No, I get one eighty-one. One eighty-one back to Motown. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking eighteen to one. Yeah, I go. I'll turn right right there at uh, the uh, Table Rock Road. Gotcha. Okay. Or well, the Fish Hatchery Road. Yeah. Fish. Oh, we can talk about that later. Yeah. Okay, but anyways, I think that's about it for functional training. So basically, like, you know, don't cut out exercises. Yeah. Even bicep curls can be functional training, especially if you have a deficiency in your biceps. Absolutely. You know, people don't understand a lot of deadlift, that squeezing the bar, that comes from strong biceps. Yeah. Like one of the highest injuries as far as deadlifting goes is actually a biceps tear on the outfacing hands. Yeah. You know, when people do that power grip, one mm-hmm. palm faces in, one palm mm-hmm. faces out, the palm that faces out, that bicep gets loaded up. So if you are doing barbell deadlifts and you're using that power grip, switch sides. Which I did that today. Yeah, don't just keep your left arm facing out the entire time. <laughs> Switch it and let your left arm face in a little bit so you don't tear stuff loose. You probably shouldn't wear t-shirts that say these guns if you're not doing some bicep work of some type. Some type. <laughs> there you go, man. Nothing else. It's a confidence builder, right? Exactly. <laughs> As we said, confidence is good. Don't wear those t-shirts if you don't have them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that kind of concludes uh, the functional training part of this. No, wrong. there's many other aspects to it, but we'll hit it later on. I want to go over all of the modalities and talk about the pros and cons yeah so all of them i think that'll be a very enjoyable listen for the audience yeah next week we're going to talk about keep it clean oh we're going to talk about cornhole and how your workout can make your cornhole game way better <laughs> all right we can do that we're going to bring in an expert guest panel speaker guy. <laughs> awesome cornhole I... world champion cornhole world champion yep. Sounds like a plan. We can do that. Bruce Bukamukashimoto. Okay, that guy. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. As always, uh, we will talk to you next week. Bye. Later.